Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I have China Jubert with me. She is the author of This Notion of Ridiculousness. You can find her book on Amazon. And she also started the Facebook page and also Instagram called Spiritual Badasses Unite. So China, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Jocelyn. I really appreciate being here today. I'm glad you reached out to me. I think this is going to be a great podcast. So I want to start, I just want to dive right in. China contacted me when she started Spiritual Badasses. I actually joined um, on Instagram because I liked her quotes. And if so if for me, if something feels right, you know, I, and it just felt really right, I do it. And then you reached out to me to discuss a little bit more. And your journey is really interesting. You worked for a very plush five-star hotel, um, right? Chain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. For, for a long time. Okay. And then you're still pretty young though. So it probably wasn't that long, but, and then you also, then you also have your, not your master's, but just your bachelor's, correct? Yeah, exactly. I did my bachelor's. And then after that, um, five years later, I did a personal and professional coaching certification. Okay. And so I want to talk, I want the audience to hear a little bit about your story because a lot of people who listen to the podcasts, they, it, you know, it's sort of like we don't think about, wow, am I going through a spiritual awakening? They just wind up going through an awakening. But you actually were very aware of your process. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like it, you know, the awakenings just sort of start little by little. But um, I think the biggest thing was in my life, I really felt like I was uh, sleeping. There were so many things that I didn't want to confront in my life. And one of those, the biggest things was my purpose work. I just felt deeply that I was meant to help people. I didn't know in which way that would be. But um, I knew that was something I absolutely needed to do. Um, however, once I finished my bachelor's, and, um, you know, life went on, I got into sort of a toxic relationship. Um, I just I started waking up to these nightmares that I was never going to do my purpose work, because with just having a bachelor's in psychology, I knew that that wasn't going to be enough to help people since you usually need to have, you know, a master's in counseling or something like that. Um, so, you know, I started confronting that little by little and waking up little by little and, and realizing, okay, well, how am I going to help people? Well, I maybe do human resources in the hotel I was working for. And, um, so when my first relationship or when this toxic relationship ended, um, that was when I woke up a little and I said, okay, like, let me just do something to, you know, better my life a little. I was working as a receptionist, sorry, in a hotel, and um, I decided to get a sales position. So um, I applied for that, got it. Uh, It was a very short position. I didn't really like it, but it made me feel good. And after that, um, it was like I was offered these positions on a silver platter. I had, you know, the HR director 
calling me down to her office, offering me um, a position to be a human resources coordinator without even having, you know, applied on the position um, or knowing that a position was even available. And I was even offered another sales position within um, this same hotel chain uh, at a different property. And um, I knew I wasn't really fond of sales. And I thought, well, you know, maybe human resources would be the right choice for me. Um, because I, I love people and I wanted to help people. So I thought maybe that's the right choice. And, um, then I, you know, I started dating someone within my hotel and actually, um, my supervisor at the time, before I said yes to the HR position, I said, listen, I'm seeing, um, an employee who's in the hotel. It's not, um, an official relationship, but I just want to know before I accept this position in HR, do you think that, you know, that would even be okay? Because I don't want to be crossing any lines. She had told me, yes, yes, yes. And she was actually somebody who the person who emailed HR to tell them that this was happening and kind of, I kind of got stabbed in the back. And um, that was a major catalyst, which made me realize that um, I had to figure out how I was going to help people. But now that I had confronted the fact that I wanted to help people and I felt like HR was not the way I had to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to do that? And that's when I decided to go back to school. Well, there's a lot of politics typically in anything that's large chain and corporate, right? So HR is always going to cover their ass. That's typical, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. And you know, you can't blame them because it's lawsuit Mm -hmm. city and you know, people do do crazy things. And so you know, in, in many ways, it sounds like you took it in stride. You, you know, you, I don't want to say it, but I sort of want to say it. you swallowed it and you were like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I felt like, you know, I was learning a hard lesson to, you know, not necessarily trust people. And also, well, you know, was I going to put um, men before my career um, as well? Right. Like all of these confronting things. And at the end of the day, they told me that, you know, the sales position would still be available for me. But I just, you know, there was something within me that was hungry and that had already confronted this truth that I wanted to help people. So Luckily, I was going on vacation with my family. And um, so when we went on vacation, I was basically trying to get therapy from all 16 of my family members, you know, saying like, what do you mean? You mean input or really therapy? No, I was trying to get, you know, input about, you know, help me with the direction that I'm going in life. This, this has just occurred in my life. And now I, I'm thinking that I really want to help people. But you know, do I take the social work route? Do I go for a master's of counseling? So I was just trying to get guidance. Um, and tell me, tell me, because this is mm-hmm. important. I get a lot of questions like this. People will say to me, Oh, my God, I talked to my dad or my mom or my aunt or my sister. And, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got their own experience. Everybody is wearing their own set of glasses. Yeah. And they, how they perceive the world and they can give advice that sometimes it's great, but sometimes it's like, that just doesn't work. That doesn't fit for me. Absolutely. So I, I feel like the feedback that I got was actually quite positive. There were, there is, um, 
one member of my extended family and actually two who work in the social work world. So, um, you know, I was able to talk to them a little bit about that. But I feel like with social work, what just kept coming up to me was, you know, am I actually going to be able to make the money that I think I'm worth? Okay, that's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel uh, like just knowing, I mean, I maybe that's my own limited beliefs and what's available in the social work world. But just knowing certain people who have worked in social work, I know that, you know, um, it almost seems like there seems to be a cap on the amount of money that you can make. And so I, I think that, you know, I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll open myself to social work. Um, but I would like to go to count for counseling. And that is what I decided to, you know, start striving towards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so it was as I was started striving towards this, and I was um, 24 at the time, but I did feel rushed. I felt like, you know, I, I have to get my life in order. I've got to finish this schooling quickly. I've got to get the volunteer experience because having a bachelor's in psychology and then trying to even get counseling experience is so difficult. And so I had... Um, seen someone in a university, a uh, guidance counselor who said, well, you should try, um, you know, being a volunteer somewhere. And that's what I did. Uh, So I volunteered somewhere. And um, while I was doing that, I was doing the prerequisites on top of my bachelor's uh, that would help me get into counseling or that I, I needed for counseling. And in the process of, you know, working, volunteering, Um, and then I was doing these four courses that I needed and I was, I had the job that was paying my bills because I was trying to get everything done so quickly. I led myself to burnout and Mm -hmm. this volunteer, uh, position actually, uh, after two months, I became a summer program facilitator. And then after that, I became a childcare worker, um, in a, in the span of seven months. So, um, I, I feel like I was I was lucky. It's like I was getting these shortcuts, but I was still getting these shortcuts in life to things that I saw weren't going to work out. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a nice gift. Yeah, it is a gift from the universe. I feel like you know maybe certain people wouldn't see it from that way, but um, I think I was able to acknowledge. Oh, okay, you know what? I got I got a gift to see quickly that this is just not working for me. And this burnout and just this total misery of, you know, going to this, um, this uh, counseling job that I had made me realize, like, I I have to change something. I, I don't even know what else is going to be available to me. Because now I know I don't want social work, I don't want counseling, but I don't know what that leaves. But I just knew this is not my happiness. I need to move forward and have blind faith that there's just going to be something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's really that's that's big. Yeah, because a lot of people stay really stuck instead of being able to see. Okay, these things have been teaching me what I don't want. Yeah, and so when you can see what it is that you don't want, it helps you eliminate many of the choices that you had in front of you to point you into a direction that you do want. And sometimes people say, but I can't see that. And Mm -hmm. so I'll always say, you know, when you fall asleep, fall asleep with the thought in your mind 
that you will have the answer in the morning as to what you will do. And it's funny, it doesn't necessarily mean that you wake up and you hear something like coaching or whatever it might be. It might be that you're led to something, you you know, you turn on a podcast or somebody sends you something and you learn, you know, it, it's really interesting the way things will unfold for you if you allow them. You, you do have to have faith. You're right. Yeah, exactly. It really required me to have this absolute blind faith and to also just go against what everyone was telling me because, you know, everyone was saying, yes, this is good experience. I mm-hmm. knew it was good experience. Um, but I was just, I was miserable and I, I was always sort of that person. I would walk into a room and light the room up, but going to that job, they were telling me that misery was painted on my face. So I knew something was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So this actually led you to realize that you, you know, you had the potential to create your dreams. Right. And you had to trust and let go so that because when you trust and let go, the creative energy is able to flow through you. And that's the key. So sometimes I don't recommend this for everybody and you have to be the right person, but sometimes it's best to just walk away from something or quit if you can. And if you can't, then you find something else that you can go to. So, okay. So, so how did you find the important and meaningful? work that how did this lead you to the important and meaningful work in your life that's my question so um basically after letting this stuff go and not knowing where i was moving forward i feel like i just sort of let the following months unfold um i think that i was just i was so relieved to not have to go to this job that i couldn't stand it was that bad that i really dreaded it So um, I just had sort of like this piece, but that's when the nudges came and I kept hearing life coaching, life coaching, life coaching everywhere. I had even heard about it in, you know, counseling, which, you know, they're always talking about how um, life coaching is so wishy-washy and whatnot. And um, so that sort of inspired me to start looking into life coaching programs. And there were so many, it was almost overwhelming. There were so many. And I was used to being in a university environment. And, um, and that's not to say that, you know, other coaching programs aren't amazing out there, but that was just my comfort zone and something important to me. So, and it was too funny because upon the dog, (laughs) that's okay. And then as I was looking, um, for coaching programs, I actually found one at Concordia university, which is in Montreal where I'm from and, um, which is a good university. And I applied for the program, they accepted 30 people and I got in and I was so happy. And it just seemed like, oh my gosh, this is too easy. Yeah, that was exactly, you know what, when it's that easy, it's because that's exactly where you're supposed to be. Right. Yes. The path of least resistance. But I, you know, I feel like, and still I have to shed this, um, this way of being, I don't know if it's the way we're being brought up, but in society, there's, it's hard to explain, but you know, everyone thinks sometimes you have to struggle to get to where you really want to be. So for something to come so easy, it was bizarre. It was like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. aren't I supposed to struggle 
to get something good and even getting um, accepted, I I don't know. I was like, well, should I even be proud of myself for getting accepted because I didn't struggle? Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting how we equate struggle with success? Yeah. And sometimes success and struggle, I don't know that they necessarily go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I think that success and striving can go hand in hand. But I think struggle is something that we experience internally while we are, you know, sometimes we struggle with a subject, right? And we Mm -hmm. can overcome it. But, and so it sounds like you were struggling more with, you know, what we would say your purpose or, you know, what you're here to do or how, and, and, you know, how you're made up and wired energetically. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it was definitely a struggle, struggle to get there. And it was like, I feel like even the struggle continued after Mm -hmm. (laughs) with, um, with coaching my, my coaching program was actually incredible. It was Mm -hmm. so amazing. I, uh, we were so lucky to have two psychologists as teachers who were also master coaches. And, um, it was just, such an amazing experience. And we got so much practical experience as well, which is, you know, nice going, especially from doing so much theory in a bachelor's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it's very different, you know, <laughs> book smarts is very different from real life because mm-hmm. first of all, you can't read it out of a book because you can't predict everything and you don't know what you're going to get. And everybody has their own specific fingerprint, right. And DNA. And so you really have to apply it to, I think at least, each individual, and you have to understand as much as you can the, the, the emotions and the mind and the thoughts and the background of the individual when you're doing coaching. You know, it's not one size fits all. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what attracted me to coaching as well was just this huge focus on moving uh, forwards. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, you know, something that was very important to me. Um, It was very inspiring to me. And it's what I wanted to help others with. And um, I actually, I got so into it before even getting into, uh, before even starting my program, I actually started a coaching page. And that year while I was on in my, um, uh, I, sorry, the year that I started my coaching program, I, you know, started an Instagram profile on coaching and took a spiritual journey at the same time and Mm -hmm. had a very deep awakening. And I just, I experienced all the struggles of, um, entrepreneurship, especially the emotional ones and awakening at the same time. Um, and having those struggles and not really knowing anyone or any mentor that I could go to who really understood, you know, what was the struggle of entrepreneurship and what was the struggle of awakening and um, helping me pinpoint those differences is what inspired me to do the coaching that I'm doing right now, which is yeah, emotional support coach for spiritual entrepreneurs looking at the awakening and entrepreneurship side. Isn't that what um, spiritual badasses unite? That's what that's about. It helps people that are having the awakening 
and and also connecting them with some spiritual entrepreneurs and helping people who want to um, become a spiritual entrepreneur. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my community is really um, completely aligned with the type of uh, coaching that I'm doing. And I really felt like I needed a sense of um, a community. And I feel like it takes a village. Like I'm learning, I'm learning so much from these different spiritual entrepreneurs as I do um, interviews on the, on the community. And um, it was just, it was really something that I was needing. I felt like there was no community for, and there probably is, but it wasn't something that, you know, I, I was seeing, I wasn't seeing ads pop up for a community that was anchored towards supporting spiritual entrepreneurs, um, you know, or coaches and those who are awakening at the same time. And um, I feel there's, it's, you know, it's almost hard to find those people. And I'm still trying to figure out um, how to find more um, potential clients and find those people because while you start entrepreneurship and you experience awakening, it's all happening for a reason. And the reason I believe is to build you into the person you desire to be and into the entrepreneur you want to be. Because there are so many people who are experiencing their first year as a coach, not making any money, yet they're working through all of these beliefs that they have about themselves, that others have about them. And they're going through this huge healing process and, um, it's, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. And it's not only just the healing process of, of themselves and their beliefs, but it's also, um, getting themselves out of their comfort zone as they slowly step into a new person. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so many people don't realize that they're going through this. Mm, <laughs> no, they do. And they don't, you know, a lot of the people that I talk to that I counsel, that I coach, that I read for mm-hmm. will say, my family thinks I'm crazy. My family doesn't believe any of this. They think I'm being, you know, brainwashed or I'm bullshitted or I'm deluding myself. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of that. And I, it, you know, it reminds me of Walt Disney. It's here's a guy that had a dream mm-hmm. and the reason he got the dream is because of his imagination. I mean, Walt's secret weapon was his imagination, right? I and love he that. created something. Yeah. He created Neville Goddard talks a lot about that. I love Goddard. Um, but he created something, you know, and you've heard the story of him, you know, basically on the floor, you know, and he's got this mouse. And the truth was, is that, you know, he was basically living in poverty and there was, it was him and a mouse. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and so look what came of that. But Walt Disney, I think had probably, he was a brilliant man, but he also had faith in something that he couldn't see. He believed that his, it's like Neville Goddard says that your imagination is God, you know? And so, you know, really interesting how, uh, and you're right, it's difficult because, a lot of times when you're awakening and everybody's going to have an awakening differently, it's like you used the words, I was sleeping. Yes. You know, and I, I, when you say that, it reminds me of Neo in the matrix, you know, where he, he was sleeping and we've seen a lot of movies and we've read books and, and we've heard a lot of that. And then, 
you awaken to something beyond the, in other words, what you're told, what you were told to believe. And it's not an easy thing to begin to, first you begin to unravel, oh my God, you know, I came with all of these beliefs, they were instilled within me. Some people believe them, some people don't, some people move on. But when you begin to awaken to the fact that you can choose differently and have different beliefs, you bump up against your family and your old friends. You know, you realize I don't want to be like this anymore. You know, and, and some parents have said to their kids, what are you doing? You know, you can't do that. That's a bunch of gobbledygook, but you know, you can do it. And I I teach a workshop on success with Elizabeth Gleason. We're going to be launching it in February. And we are living proof that it not only can you do what you want to do, I mean, she's doing hers in real estate, but she has a rock solid faith, right? And I did mine in commercial real estate. And it was literally, like you said, it wasn't easy, right? Because I had to learn all these things. But, you know, it was was as if the divine took my hand and led me exactly where I needed to go. But I had to be the one to say, I want this. I want to do this. Help me. Show me the way. You see what I mean? And... And so, you know, it's just different for my spiritual thing. You know, I mean, I I always sort of had that since I was a really young kid. So the spiritual part of it wasn't surprising to me. I immersed myself in that, right? Mm -hmm. Like I thought exactly the opposite. I remember thinking, what is school for exactly? You know, it didn't make any sense to me. Right. I always thought that the best way to do something is allow a child to immerse themselves in what they love, right? Like I immersed myself into energy and the brain and how the body works and beliefs and, you know, and all of those things and how we create our reality. And I thought that was the way it should be instead of, and, but I understand it now in a different way. Education, you should educate yourself if you're interested in it as much as you can. I definitely think that. But so tell me, what are you finding with, what do you, what has happened with your book? That's first and foremost. And then also tell me a little bit more about what's happening in the community. I know we only have a few more minutes. For yeah, the yeah, absolutely. So uh, for my book, right, I self-published on Amazon um, and uh, I feel like it's just really the beginning of it. Even if I published it a year ago, um, a mentor that I was working with, um, when I told her that I felt the need to write the story, um, you know, she confirmed that it was important for me to write it. And we just, um, basically, I feel like I don't, I didn't set, set a big vision for it, but I feel like it is, you know, a small book filled with so much wisdom. Um, even rereading it before our interview was like blowing my mind. I was like, Oh my gosh, did I actually write this? Not to toot my own horn, but I was like, wow, this is, some good wisdom here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was happy, you know, uh, with myself in a very genuine way. But, um, yeah, so I think th- the biggest thing for me for my book is just, it will be for whoever it is intended to be for. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just letting go and allowing it be. So I think that, you know, what you were encouraged to do, I try to encourage everybody to do, write your book, write your story. Mm -hmm. And as you're writing it, think about writing your book, you know, to the end of your life, which is a really interesting process that, you know, sometimes we do. 
um, in workshops. And sometimes I do that in counseling sessions too. It's very interesting because it can really change your perception of things because you look at where you are and then you're writing and reading and thinking about where you want to be who you want to be and how you want to give back to the world. So it's actually a very empowering um, process, but you know, so the, so you called it the notion of this ridiculousness. Why? I called it this notion of ridiculousness because I felt like my dreams were ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really did believe that my dreams were ridiculous, whether that was because of um, conditioning um, and yeah, that's why, and the title just Definitely. came to me and I, I realized it was perfect. Um, yeah, it was definitely from your conditioning. Cause you talk a lot about school and, you know, yes. yeah, I can definitely under, I can hear it. I can understand it. And so it was like, okay, I am going to strap these wings on and I am going to jump and I'm going to trust that I'm going to fly because if I don't fly and I hit the ground, at least I tried. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, there's already been times where I've fallen on my face and I've just seen how, you know, you get back up and, and, um, I think, you know, also I have an appreciation for education, um, as well. And I can see that other side. I mean, my, actually my younger brother is a medical student, you know, so, um, I appreciate education, but I think it was just acknowledging that there was a different route available for me. Um, and I needed a little tweak there. You know, you can sometimes what happens is, is you can be extremely formally educated and still understand and have a spiritual bend. And sometimes you can be extremely well-educated, get out into the world and then find that spirituality and then bring it back, right? I am absolutely Mm -hmm. 100% behind education, but I also say question everything. Right. You know, just because, you know, one time they thought the world was flat. And there's a lot of people today that still think the world is flat, right? Yeah. And you know, so, and it's, it's interesting, but, and so dive into that. I absolutely agree. My son's getting his PhD. His wife is getting her master's, you know, my nieces and nephews are same thing. One's in medical school and the other one is going, she's working at Walter Reed because she wants to get into neuro. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, all of those things are really helpful. That's, you know, how we're all, they give back, but it's no less important to do what you're doing and help people understand that there is something else that's guiding them. And it doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it consciousness, your mind, you can call it God. You can call, I don't care what you call it, but it's all there guiding us. And I think that that's what, you know, spiritual badasses unite actually brings to the forefront. It helps people that are coming together, you know, to, Uh, to meet and create relationships that are based on understanding that there is a force that's guiding us. Yeah. And I absolutely wanted to bring people together who understood each other's processes because there are many people who experience um, awakenings. And um, especially when, you know, you're experiencing your first few awakenings, you don't have that support system in place or you're stepping into entrepreneurship and you don't have a support system in place. So that was really important to me. And a big part that's super important to me is also supporting spiritual entrepreneurs, um, even in financial ways. So one thing that I will be introducing in January will be sort of like an opt-in form and basically um, 
spiritual entrepreneurs, they'll have to apply to have a spot, but basically they can offer um, coaching services, whether it's group coaching or speed coaching, um, and offer that to people who are on the platform at like a discounted rate. Um, And also it's, there are so many talented people who don't necessarily necessarily have big followings as well. So it's just giving them that platform as well. So that's really one of my big goals down the line. So I have a a big vision, but it's really all about supporting these amazing spiritual entrepreneurs. I think that that's very admirable. And I love what you're doing. That's why I wanted to do the podcast with you. Um, she is brand new, everybody. It is something that's new, but it is something worth, you know, join her Instagram at least and follow her and see what's going on. Contact her, um, do it as long as it isn't too much for you, China, but it's really important. You're really right. Because I really think like, I mean, I have like, I don't know, 9,000 followers. I don't have that many followers and there's people that have, you know, tons of followers, but here's the difference. I think that when somebody like you steps into the arena and Mm -hmm. says, Hey everybody, you know what? This is authentic. Yeah. You know, let's take a look at this. You know, it might not, you know, have a lot of like flash and pizzazz and, but I'm telling you what, some of the most deeply spiritual people just allow that divinity and the God force to work through them and it speaks for them. So Anyway, thanks for joining me for this podcast, China. And anybody that is interested, please go to Instagram. It's Spiritual Badasses Unite, and it's Unite is spelled U-N-I-T-E. Um, you can also find it when you go to my Instagram page. And then, what is your Facebook group called? Uh, so my Facebook group is Spiritual Badasses Unite, and then there's a little dash for private community. I have a public page where there's um, always different spiritual things, but it's really the private community that you'll be wanting to access for this community. Okay, awesome. And if you want to reach out to China, you can use those two platforms to do that. And again, China, thanks a lot for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jocelyn. I really appreciate it as well. Absolutely. If you guys like this podcast, please share it. Please pass on China's information. Please clap for it, subscribe to it. But most of all, please make the world a better place.